Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, where one of us has definitely listened, the other listened for the show, and it's up to you whether you want to listen or not. But either way, thank you for listening to us. I'm Brand. Welcome to the show. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. I feel like I nailed that intro. I think you did. <laughs> I slept like I slept like ten and a half hours last night and then just laid in bed this morning and was thinking about it and that popped in my head and I said, That's it. That's the one. We That's the one. It. That's the one we gotta yeah. write it down. Yeah, we are we are both under the weather, but luckily it's not COVID. So no, no, we're gonna, it's, we're gonna power through. Yeah, it's this weather and allergies, man. Oh it's brutal i know i have some kind of cold that i'm drinking 14 different types of teas i'm like an alchemist <laughs> making concoctions um if i come out of here with a turning lead into gold isn't that the main goal of alchemist yep. uh, alchemies alchemy alchemism. alchemy yep. Al- alchemy alchemism yeah, alchemism that's that something different that's that's a different dude alchemism is <laughs> a different dude but nonetheless we're here to talk about an album I gave you, it is the Three Inches of Blood album, Advance and Vanquish. It sure is. So I'm going to give you some background of the band here and interject where you feel necessary. Sure, let's do it. Three Inches of Blood was a Canadian heavy metal band formed in 1999 in Victoria, British Columbia. They're Canadian? Yes, they are. I did not see that coming at all. (laughs) When did they, when were they? Uh, They formed in 99. Holy crap, no way. Yeah, this does not sound like 99 at all. I looked up nothing dealing with this. Okay. Like, let, let everybody know. I did not. I I usually do not look up anything when you give me a record. So I looked up nothing with this. Yes. So based off of the music, the cover art, all that, I did not see Canadian or 99. <laughs> And I think I have all the information that will explain all that to you. Fantastic, because that's that you blew my mind. I'm lost now. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Their music was strongly influenced by the new wave of British heavy metal. That was like 70s. That was like 70s. Oh. It's like Angel okay. Witch and all those bands. Like, right, right. Like, like, after punk was going, that new wave of British heavy metal came. And that's what they're considered the influence for their music. Gotcha. Their debut album, Battle Cry Under a Winter Sun, was recorded in 02 and released in cooperation with Teenage Rampage Records and the label Fashion Before Function. Okay. Couldn't tell you what either of those labels are. (laughs) Right, never heard of them. Now, it was later remastered and re-released by the band under their own label, Minion Music. The album had moderate underground success in Canadian market and eventually won Metal Album of the Year at the O2 Canadian Independent Music Awards. Gotta love those Canadian awards. <laughs> Gotta love them. They're always, they're always there to give those Canadian bands the boost. Bro, I am so down with Canada's music scene. They're just supportive of everything. Yeah, I agree. We talked about it during, was it Pop? During Pop, yeah. Three Inches of Blood's UK distribution label put them on tour in support of The Darkness. The Darkness. Oh, wow. You yeah, remember The one. Darkness? Yeah, I totally do. Holy cow. I totally forgot about them, but yeah. 
and that garnered them critical attention and acclaim in the world of underground metal, which led to them signing to Roadrunner in 04. Signed to Roadrunner, that's a move. For Roadrunner, really. <laughs> Picking up these guys. <laughs> so then Advance and Vanquish was the only release to feature bassist Brian Redman and drummer Matt Wood, and the last to feature original guitarist Sonny Dak and Bobby Froese. Oh, so this is a one-off lineup for this record. The lineup was rounded out by Cam Pipes on clean vocals and Jamie Hooper on harsh vocals. Two vocalists. Okay, I figured there two was vocalists. two. I figured because uh, there's a lot of intermixing of vocal styles Yeah, that uh, I was going to be really surprised if it was just one dude. Yeah, because it would be hard to do live. Yeah, for It'd sure. Be very hard to do live. Unless you, unless you did... Um, like like some some bands that do like the the guitarist takes over like yeah. the harsh vocals you know yeah now here's where we talk about the cover art the cover art was illustrated by Edward Repka who also designed album covers for bands like Megadeth and Death that was gonna be that's like my first note for this my yeah. first note for this record says uh, first off this cover art is awesome and reminds me of the first few Death records and it is it's the same guy that's awesome. <laughs> that's super rad because if you if you're familiar with the style of like the first three or four death records yeah. the, like this art like the way he draws people like mm-hmm. looks the same it's crazy and I, I love it this album was produced by neil kernan who also produced and now listen to me run through these names <laughs> oh and no there is a shift at some point where he turned from one genre basically to another genre. Sure. Hollow Notes. Oh, oh boy. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Kansas. Dawkin. Yes. Queensryche. Whoa. Nevermore. Cannibal Corpse. Skinless. And Nile. I am so down with this dude's history. That's and awesome. I think he's he's still producing, like he's still out there producing, and he has credits on a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. He's a British guy, so I think this was okay. recorded in, in London. Making that turn from Hall and Oates and then going to Nile and Cannibal yeah. Corpse is so wild. <laughs> it's a wild turn. It's a really wild turn. That's so I, awesome. I love dudes that can do stuff like that too. Just because like that's my my musical tastes too like yeah. they yeah. range from ridiculous ends of the spectrum and like having a dude who does that professionally is just that's fantastic it's it's wild though because in between there he did like dexy's midnight runners he also did yeah. bow wow wow he did like some new wave shit in between <laughs> the extreme shit and the right. classic rock shit yeah i love that it's wild. that's awesome this album was released on september 28th 2004 Although two thousand and four, although there's there's arguments online. I saw some some place said it was October nineteenth, two thousand four, but oh. mo- most things seem to agree that it was September twenty eighth. Maybe it was so, like Canadian versus the rest of the maybe world national kind of release. Thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I went with September for where we're at, and I think we may have talked about September four before. I okay. didn't look back, but there's some records here that I think we may have touched on. All right. But we could just, you know, breeze past him if, if you recall. Sure, sure. So albums also released on in September of 04. On September 6th, and just going with the theme of other bands that would kind of be in this genre, uh, Amana Marth released Fate of Norns. I've wanted to check them out, but I haven't. They're exactly what you have in your head. Okay. If, 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 you, if like, you like the idea of them, like Viking. I was going to say they're like Viking, like yeah. heavy, crazy metal type stuff right yes yeah i've been meaning to check them out uh, another band that you either have checked out recently or i'm sure are meaning to check out also september 6th dark thrones album sardonic wrath no i'm a i'm a dark throne guy yeah (laughs) i knew you were like i knew you were kind of heavy there's there's a few more there's some dark throne records of second and charles that i keep like i want to get these i want to get these (laughs) so bad but i don't know if i could go all in on picking up like they have like eight at second and Charles, and they're all like, like a maniac. The, yeah, I don't want to look like that dude <laughs> taking the discography of Dark Throne up to the cashier and being like, I'll take these, please. <laughs> Another band that I know you are a guy of September 7th, we had Census Fails, Let It Enfold oh, You. Yes, what a, which is a big one. Yeah, that's a good one. 
That's a probably really, really my favorite Census Fail record, even though is I haven't it? listened to them all. That's probably my favorite. Uh, that that was the big one. That was the is that um, the one that has rum is for drinking, not for burning on it. Or I think so. Song? Yeah, and um, that's that's the song that got me into them. Was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. there. That was a huge one. That's one I've been looking for for a real long time and haven't been able to come across it. At I, least at I a think it's price. pricey. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pricey. Yeah, but it's super good. I love those dudes. They're coming out with a new one this year. In a couple months, yeah. I think in like September yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, apparently they like releasing in September because that's when this one came out. <laughs> right. <laughs> also on September 7th, and again, going along with the theme here of t- the style of music we're listening to, Dio, Master oh. of the Moon, which I think I need to go down a Dio run because I don't think I've listened to a lot of Dio albums. The only thing I've listened from Dio is like he had a little run on Black Sabbath and then Rainbow Holy in the Dive. Dark. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Wait, is Holy Diver on Rainbow in the Dark or am I the Maybe. other way around? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but Holy Diver's a monster of a track. It's weird. I've also like I think I've listened to more Richie Blackmore's Rainbow than I have Dio, which is weird. Mm. I have like three Richie Blackmore Rainbow albums and only like one Dio record. Hmm. I should probably do something about that. <laughs> uh, September thirteenth. I don't know if it was a publicity stunt. I don't know if it was for record sales or something. But this is when Nelly put out. Two albums, Sweat oh, and I remember that suit. suit. Yeah, I remember that when he came out with those two. Um, there were a couple big hits off those, if I recall. I think one off of each one. Yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah I, I don't remember getting super into it, and I can't remember exactly what, what came off those records, but I remember them coming out and having some pretty big bangers on it. Country Grammar is the only Nelly album I kind of fucked with the whole way through. That record is just amazing. I remember. I went down to Dallas for a work like training session for like a yeah. week and I stopped like one of our uh, like a layover on the way home was in St. Louis okay. and the entire time I was there I was running through country grammar the entire time on repeat. You can find me in St. Louis where yeah. the gun play rain all day. No, no, no. Some got jobs and some sell yay. Others just smoke and fuck all day. I fucking love that album. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just stayed in the airport. Like I didn't even have enough time to go out in the streets. It's you just, were like, I'm in these streets. I'm in yeah, these streets right now. 100%. Uh, September 14th. Never talked about these guys, I don't think. And I, I've never dabbled. Arcade Fire put out Funeral. Funeral, I think. Was that the one I... I think that was the one I liked. Let me... I think it was like a flower or a feather on the cover. Like a hand and a like feather. A, like a beige looking cover kind of. Yes. Like yeah. a brownish thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the one uh, I listened to. It wasn't too bad, um, but when it came out at the time, I wasn't super into that kind of softer indie stuff that okay. was going on. So I don't really recall it too well, but I, I listened to it. I picked it up on CD. Yeah, I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard an Arcade Fire track. Not terrible. Like I said, it's it's like that softer indie stuff, at least from what I remember. Yeah, like not really my bag stuff. I wouldn't I wouldn't give it to you if it <laughs> like if it came down to it. Also on September 14th, Megadeth released The System Has Failed. A decent one as far as newer newer records are concerned. Also on September 14th, another one that is a big one and probably my favorite from this band, Flogging Molly, put out Within a Mile from Home. Yeah, that's a good record. I love those dudes. I think that I think that's my favorite from them. I think that's Isn't my favorite of theirs. Drunken Lullabies is Really, I, as much as I love that album, mm-hmm. there are more individual tracks on this one that I like, even though sure. they're not like hits. I saw Flogging Molly at Warp Tour, which was a very weird experience because it's like there's 18 40 year old Irish people on stage. Yeah, because they were all older than I ever thought they were, or at least looked older. Dave King, Dave King is old. He had a whole on. Um, he had a whole solo music career before Flogging Molly. Like he. That's wild. I shit. I think he was like in his late thirties, early forties when Flogging Molly started. So he's like sixty. He's yeah. He's a lot older than than everybody else in the band. Yeah, I saw them at Warp Tour and when and also like you're seeing bands that are young and you're surrounded by young people. And oh then yeah. You look on the stage and it's like oh okay yeah but right. they they kill it. They have oh, this amazing energy. 
Absolutely, that, I agree. 100%. Yeah, so fantastic. I love seeing those guys live. Speaking of energy and meaning something I don't have for this band, September 21st, Green Day <laughs> put out American Idiot. That is the last one that yeah. I listened to from them. We've talked about it. And I, I mean, I got to say RIP Tim, he was, you know, super into them and tried, he tried hard to get me into that album. But yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't American idiot it. just did not work for me. Like I, I was pretty stoked about it before it came out. Cause it was, there was this big hype and talk about it being a punk rock opera and yep. a, a concept album. And I'm, you know me, I'm, I love concept albums. They're, they're fun for me. There's a whole storyline behind them all. But this one was not it. I was not looking for it from Green Day, I guess. Also, September 21st. I've never listened to this record, but I definitely listened to their big one. Converge put out You Fail Me. I don't know that one. I've listened to Jane Doe. Yeah, Jane Jane Doe is the only one I listened to. It's a monster record. Also, September 21st, the legend RuPaul put out Red Hot. 2004? In 04. I don't think I know that Like RuPaul has like 26 albums. Like I didn't think I know that. I don't know that at all. Like RuPaul has a lot of music, like spanning decades. And it all sounds like futuristic for the time it's made in almost. It's wild. Yeah. Also, September 21st, probably the longest band name we're going to have up to this point, at least. (laughs) Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains put out Big Eyeball in the Sky. (laughs) Is that less Claypool? Yeah, I don't know what, because it's not like... It's not Primus. It's not the Flying Frog Brigade. It's not um, whatever he's doing with Julian Lennon now, or one of the Lennons. I don't know if it's Julian or the other one. I don't know. But he he has a band with one of them now. I don't know. But yeah, that came out. That dude has a million like side projects. It's crazy. Yeah, but he is. I mean, one of the best bassists of all time. I would put him up there. Like he's amazing. Yeah, like yeah, his ability is crazy. Did he teach Flea? Or did Flea teach him? I know there's a combat there's there's a relationship there somewhere. Hmm, I don't know. Okay. September twenty first, Hot Water Music put out the new What Next. Yeah, I dig that band. Like I, I mess with them heavy. That's why it's on here. That's yeah. why it's on here. Uh the new What Next, not bad, not my favorite, but it's still super like every record. They're one of those bands that every record they put out, I'm gonna say is really good. But my favorite is kind of their earlier stuff. And eventually you'll you'll hear it, but yeah. Okay. Also September twenty first, kind of this band's kind of in that same realm as Hot Water Music for you. Is I've never disliked an album. I think they may be an epitaph band, Ooh. or they were at least on the compilations. The Dwarves put mm. out the Dwarves Must Die. I've never listened to a full record of theirs. I'm a Dwarves I've, fan. I like the I've, Dwarves a lot. I've heard tracks off of those comp albums. Uh, those yeah. those epitaph heavy comedy. Uh, comp like they're kind of a comedy punk band. Okay. Like Vandals, Vandals-ish? Like later Vandals-ish? Yeah. Did, um, was it all that did She Broke My Dick? Was that all? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a Dwarves track that I, I put like hand in hand with that track because it might've been on the same compilation album. It's called There Better Be Women. And it's just about like, there better be women tonight at the party. That's it. Like there <laughs> gotcha. better be women there. <laughs> September 21st, Lil Romeo put out Romeo Land. Everybody was banging it, right? Everybody was bumping Master P's son, Lil Romeo. Not ever. September 27th. Don't know if you got into these guys, but I feel like it's right. You're right on the brim of getting there. Cradle of Filth put out Nymphetamine. Nope. Never, never listened to Cradle of Filth. September 27th, a band that I don't know if we've talked about that you may end up putting this, uh, this on the list because I've never listened to a full album because I've never cared. Oh, Social Distortion put out Sex, Love and Rock and Roll. Not the one I would give you, but I, if, if. You, it, if you haven't listened, I'm going to put them on the list because there was not, a time in my not. life. Actually, I think I might have social distortion on here somewhere. Uh, I do have social distortion on here already, so that's good. Okay, good. We're good then. <laughs> September 28th. So that means I was listening to this album that we're talking about and this album I'm about to say at the same exact time, which probably led to why I'm as weird as I am. It is the used in love and death. That was, yeah, that was their second one, right? What a killer! Yeah, what yeah, a that was killer. A good album. record. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. That was a great follow up to their first record. I've never disliked the used record. I know there's like people that are anti Canyon and anti yeah, I didn't other dig records. Canyon at all. Um, I've never then, disliked one, but there's definitely ones I like more. Yeah, there's a few that were really slow burners. Because you didn't like Heartwork. 
I didn't at first. The the okay. used are this. It's crazy because they put out some records that like I latched onto real quick, like mm-hmm. those first two, and then after that, I picked them up, listened to them, and then listened to them again, and then like got obsessed with each record. <laughs> Just yeah. like they're slow burners for me. Like I, I, I get into them eventually, and then mess with them pretty heavy. But uh, the Canyon is one that I never really got into. September 29th, last album I have on this list. Some forty one put out Chuck. Chuck was that the one with the, like the horror makeup on the dude? That was I think this or this looks infected or something like that. Oh, okay. Chuck was the one after that. Chuck is when I bailed. The Chuck had didn't have any, like any hits on it in my head. I was just like it's it's whatever. It's some forty one. If you're into some forty one, you'll like it, but. I don't remember Chuck at all, which means I probably bailed on him before that. Next up, I have the Billboard Hot 100 for the week of October 2nd, 04. So that would be the week after this record came out. Sure. At number five, we have My Boo, Usher, and Alicia Keys. Oh, that was a big song. That was a sexual song. That was... uh, Usher and Alicia Keys. My Boo. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, it can't be anything but that. Number four, I have My Place, Nelly featuring Jaheim. I don't recall it at all. It must have been on Sweat or Suit, I would imagine. Definitely. Yep. Number three, Sunshine, Lil Flip featuring Lee. Nope. The only track I remember by Lil Flip is Game Over. I don't even know Lil Flip, so. You you definitely heard Game Over. It was like right in that like gangster club banger era. Right. I found that on vinyl at this wild consignment shop here, like promotional vinyl, like white label vinyl. It's fucking oh, wow. weird. Like, they're, like, like for DJ use only vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Those are fun. I don't spin it. I don't spin it much. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine. Number two, this track was big for me as much as it. it's kind of one of those guilty ones. Like, yeah, guilty, but it was big. Lean Back by the Terror Squad. Oh. Fat Joe and the Terror Squad doing their yeah. thing. Me and my don't dance. We just pull up her pants and do the rock away. Now lean back. <laughs> lean back. Lean back. Because I was a mighty chunky dude in 04. I could not dance. So <laughs> you give me this, you give me this track, and I'm just looking like a fucking G. <laughs> Number one was Goodies by Sierra featuring Petey Pablo. I think I remember that. Did Petey Pablo come in like in the middle of it and he's like, Petey Pablo motherfucker? Oh, you mean like every track that Petey Pablo is on? <laughs> is that right? I don't know. I never really I messed so. with Petey Pablo at all. And then a few random ones I just threw in here. Number 10, the track that launched an empire, you could say. Oh. Locked up. Akon featuring Styles P. Mm. It That did it for me, man. Like that track that was caught a- me into Akon. It, it was so, because he released it. At least the story at the time was he released it from jail. Like he was still in jail when it came out. Oh, Okay. And it, it is weird now thinking, though, that Akon kind of introduced me to Styles P rather than the other way Styles around. P is a, <laughs> Styles P is a very accomplished musician and a very accomplished rapper that spent many years doing the best rap you've ever heard. But this was a big song for me. Number 13 on the Hot 100, Slow Motion, Juvenile and Soldier Slim. You're, you're getting into some stuff that I wasn't into at the time. That was an ass shaking song for the world. <laughs> Number 19, The Reason by Hoobastank. Oh, I remember that track. That track. (laughs) That was was all over the place. Number 22, Breaking the Habit, Linkin Park. Yeah. Just had to get something on here for you. Mm. Had to get something on here for you. That is definitely there for me. And then one that's really for me, number 29, Lil Scrappy, No Problem. If you ever want to feel the need to fight, put a little (laughs) scrappy song on. That's it, is, it is some of the most just like you feel like your knuckles are made of stones. Like oh, it's, just, it's it's so hard to explain. Like Lil Scrappy was part of uh, Knuck If You Buck, which is like considered the song that if you're ever in a club and it comes on, get out of the club. <laughs> Somebody's going down. <laughs> like the whole club's going to be fighting. Oh, man. Billboard 200 week of October 2nd, 04. Number five, we have Now. That's what I call music. Volume 16. Oh, man. There's so many of those things. Uh, yeah. Number four, Genius Loves Company, Ray Charles. Okay. Kind of didn't expect to see that on the charts in 04. Not at all. That's wild that it's top five. Yeah, no shit. Number three, Live Like You Were Dying, Tim McGraw. Oh, okay. oh man. This, but this... like, look at what look look at what we have in this top five, though. We have a, a, a compilation of pop music. We have Ray Charles and Tim McGraw. 
I really dig Tim McGraw. It's crazy. I've never I, listened to Tim McGraw. I, I don't know if I can bring you a country anything. I've actually seen Tim McGraw live. You would. I did. And I put, against Tim McGraw. He puts on a great show. And that Live Like You Were Dying song gets me. Like I I I break just because there country has a lot of emotional stories in their music, right? There's a, there's a line where it hits though, where commercial country becomes too much for me. It's too poppy. Right. And I, I totally get that. There's the, like this, this wave, the last probably like 10 years of really poppy country music that doesn't sound country at all. That misses me completely the the last wave that i got into was like the josh turners the dirks bentley's the yeah uh, alan jackson to a point like the kind of like second wave outlaw stuff yeah but it's it's light outlaw it's oh yeah no that's why i said second wave (laughs) there's there's a huge difference between the original outlaw country singers and these new kind of outlaw country singer alternative country singers that i kind of messed with a little bit too but I guess the country that I listened to mostly was like the stuff my mom was into. So you get Reba McIntyre, Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, Alan Jackson, that kind of storytelling and the emotional baggage that comes with every single song. Like I relate to. See, I didn't have anybody in my life up until probably that Alan Jackson and the Dirk Bentley stuff that was listening country. Like my best friend at the time was in the country. So I mm. got into country through him. Yeah. And like, and by the way, he was also listening to fucking Akon locked up. And like, I mean, right. I don't think he listens. So, shout out to Jake, but like, you know, <laughs> one of my best friends. Very ever. much like us. Yeah. And then number two and number one, like, this is why I said, I don't know if it was for a chart situation. Nelly's sweat and suit are one oh, and two on the one and Billboard two. 200. Gotcha. And suit is number one, if that means, if everybody cares which one was number one. Huh, okay. And then just two quick ones. Number 18 was System Has Failed by Megadeth, and number 20 was Within a Mile From Home, Flog and Molly. They made a top 20, which I didn't know they ever did. I didn't know that either. That's fantastic. So we have Three Inches of Blood, Advance and Vanquish, 13 tracks, 50 minutes and 33 seconds, a little on the long side. A little bit. Um, So... Let's head into your notes here. Let's start. First of all, when you when you hear the band name Three Inches of Blood, I'm guessing you were not anticipating what you heard. No. So when you told me Three Inches of Blood, I know you said, let's have some fun and it's not going to be what you think. I know you told me that. Yeah. I yeah. waited until Sunday evening to even look <laughs> up this record. <laughs> you, you were worried. You were worried. Yeah. But wow, what a like, what a crazy difference between the band name and what they actually put out because it was nothing what I expected. Like I expected something Acacia strain ish, um, mm-hmm. you know, early white chapel ish. Uh, but this came through like Judas priest and steel Panther and like not really making a mockery of, you know, iron maiden kind of no, era heavy like, metal. It's hard. It is, like yeah, they need it is like in honor of, Judas yeah. Priest and Iron Maiden. And I was just like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I listened to it. And I was like, this this is exactly what you said. Like, this is so much fun. And I knew that you would have some fun with the, not just the musicianship of it, but the material. The, the subject matter. We get in, When we get into yeah. my notes, dude, I'm yeah. so, yeah. But I loved how it was like those early metal bands mixed with a little bit of the harsher yeah new metal stuff like like with the with the harsh vocals i love the blending of the two it 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 blew my mind when i heard it the first time 100%. i got a i think it was a oh, it was either alternative press or one of those like magazines i got a a dvd compilation mm-hmm. that had music videos on it oh wow and one of the tracks from this had one of their songs and I had seen the name Three Inches of Blood before, and mm. I loved the idea because it's just in your head that visual, that like Three Inches of Blood, right? Yeah, it, it puts a it puts an image in your head exactly, and that's what when I first heard it, I was like, oh crap, we're getting into some some craziness here. Weirdly enough, I think this band probably sits directly in between you and I, whereas the clean vocal brought you into this more, and for me, it was the harsh vocal that brought me into it more. Right? Yeah. 
because I didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily like this style of vocal until Three Inches of Blood. Yeah. And then after Three Inches of Blood, that's when I went on my Iron Maiden kick. That's when I sure. went on my Saxon kick. I don't know why Saxon has to get brought up here. <laughs> I've I've never been a huge Iron Maiden or Judas Priest guy. Yeah. Like I've I've seen Iron Maiden live. I think at one point I owned all their CDs, but I was never like a super fan or anything. Like when you think of Iron Maiden fans, they're always those dudes who have like the Eddie flag on the wall and like, you know, all the t-shirts. And so I was never that dude, but like Metallica fans. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, but like, I appreciated what they did and like, I dug what they did. Uh, So hearing this, like I was brought back to that and I was like, Oh my gosh. I think the first, uh, the first I heard, the first song we listened to, I say we, is because I think we were driving to get dinner or Dairy Queen or something. I told Emily, I was like, Brandon gave me this band that I'm like scared to listen to this week. And she was like, oh, who is it? And I was like, it's this band <laughs> called Three Inches of Blood. And she was like, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And like, I'm not, I, I, I don't really know what to expect. And she was like, well let's pull it up real quick. So she pulls it up on her phone and plays one of the songs. And I was like, Oh my God, I started cracking up. Like, I was like, this is not what, what I thought at all. What the track was? Uh, which track it was? I think it was deadly sinners, which is the single. I think that's why it pulled up. And it was, and I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there, but that's also the one that was on that music video compilation. So that was my intro to them as well. Right. That's funny. And yeah, while we were driving, like I was, I was laughing. Like I didn't, I didn't catch any of the lyrics. I, yeah. I, you know, I just heard the vocals and the music style, and I was like, "Oh, this is it." She, she was like, "You like this?" I was like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like, listen to this. <laughs> I was like, "Listen to this dude's voice." And then, how does he switch to the harsh vocals like that, going from like this, this Rob Halford like? Uh, versus this is crazy. I, I told her to cut it off like halfway through. I was like, no, no, no. I got to save. I got to save the rest of this. Yeah. yeah. So let's go into the first track then. We sure, have yeah, yeah. Beer, beer on the bridge. Upon the boiling sea one. I just wrote, these guys are great. They're like a mix of Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, but heavier. Those sustained high notes that the singer manages to hit are wild. Who doesn't love a metal pirate song? The name of the vocalist is perfect. Cam Pipes. Oh, man, 100%. Like, he has the pipes. <laughs> yeah, oh, he does. It's crazy. And, I, okay, not. I'm not going to overpraise him too much uh, because it, towards, like, the end of the record, like, I kind of start getting over his vocals. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Just because, like, it starts to get too much because, I mean, it's it, damn near an hour. Uh, for this record but like the initial getting into this band and this record his vocals blew me away i was like there's no way this is so crazy much like the when you had a list of like things that post malone said about each song i have that for this oh awesome this great this album yeah, I, so I love it. For, for, for Fear on the Bridge, it says it's the first part of a pirate trilogy entitled Upon the Boiling Sea. Yeah. The second part is the sixth track, Lord of the Storm, and the third is the 13th track, Isle of Eternal Despair. The trilogy is mainly about greed and punishment and was inspired by the music of German power metal band Running Wild. No oh, idea who Never heard of them. A fourth track, entitled Die for the Gold, also appears on the album Long Live Heavy Metal, released in 2012. Oh, so there's so a continuation of the story on a different record. Yes. That's yes. awesome. Because, yeah, this, like I said, love compilation albums. Even if this thing is not a full compilation, uh, or not co- a compilation. Uh, concept. Concept album, yeah. The storyline that comes back with the subsequent Upon the Boiling Sea tracks, I love the co- like the concept. I love it. I think it's great. The storytelling is fantastic. Yeah. I knew that, like, the... The Dungeons and Dragons style aspect it gets into enough it. To, yeah. to get you involved. One hundred percent. You remember what I said? I said we're gonna have some fun, and yeah. I think you're you're gonna enjoy it because I know you're a D and D guy. Like yep. I know you're into the fantasy shit. Oh and yeah, that's all this band is. Yeah, one hundred percent. Shout out to to the listeners. Like I'm a super nerd. Just in case you didn't know, yeah, totally play D and D and read fantasy novels all the time. 
And this this record hits that it scratches that itch musically. Second track, we have Deadly Sinners. Yeah, uh, I love that opening riff, and then I love this was before I knew that there were two vocalists, but mm. I love the vocals switching up like that. This song is just super amazing riff fest. And I yeah. said, "Oh man, that take one last step before you die echo." And then back in was amazing because oh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a, a psych out for like you, you thought it might be the end of the song and then yeah. it just comes right back in and rips. It's fantastic. Yeah, these guys, it's like pedal to the floor every time. Like, oh, there's yeah. no there's no stop. Um, a, a couple little things about Deadly Sinners. It was featured in Tony Hawk's Underground 2. It was featured in oh. the video game Brutal Legend. And then it was also featured in Saints Row 2. So, like, that track was in three different video games. Wow. I might have heard it on that Tony Hawk game, but I don't know if I was into Underground. Like, I I was into all the pro skater ones. I don't remember Underground, though. The version on Underground 2 was it was a demo that was on it it wasn't the actual finished track oh okay so it contained it contained no lead guitar solo and it had like rougher vocal tracks so that you may have not it would have been yeah i probably wouldn't picked it up even if i did hear it in the game but deadly sinners it has on here is it's about a fictionalized glory of heavy metal and those who unsuccessfully attempt to destroy it i think this is where the uh steel panther came in for me yeah because they they like love metal and people who love metal and everybody who doesn't love metal can just go away. Now imagine the musicality of this. Like this is what got me into some of those older bands. Sure. Do you now understand why if I hear like a Metallica track and it feels like it's just taking too long and they're just needling because this is just pedal to the floor, it goes, it oh, gets yeah. done, it's super intricate, <clears throat> but it's over. That's kind of where I was at. And like my transition from this to that is much different. Right. And it, it's crazy because chronologically Metallica obviously came first. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. So you like, you can kind of see where I'm coming from when we talked about master oh, of puppets yeah. and it 100%. blowing my mind. Yeah. And then this, yeah. Coming back and also blowing my mind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Next is Revenge is a Vulture, and it has on here, it's about something that you've set out to finally accomplish. That's what vocalist Jamie Hooper said. Okay. I wrote down, this is the kind of gory lyrics that I can get down with. Deceiver's flesh ripped off his wretched bones, but it sounds so much more fun. But it it also has that, it has the context of a fantasy world as opposed to just an actual human being on the streets of London. Right. Yeah. 100%. But everything sounds much more fun and falsetto. I think. Agreed. (laughs) Which we're going to get to it. And I don't think my voice is up for it, but I'm going to try. There is a track on here. There is a track on here that I love so much that I would, I would try and try and try to hit this this even just one part of the song because i love it so much cam pipes inspired me to try to be this kind of vocalist oh, where man there was a point where i was like we need to do this kind of band like i need oh, to have no. a band like this. that's amazing and i was gonna go out and just be like a dickhead on the fucking vocals like why would he <laughs> sing it that way what do you mean why wouldn't i sing it that yeah, way right 100 like, <laughs> it, it never transpired but cam pipes got that and I, we'll get to that track that's great Dominion of Deceit is the band's pagan power song. It tells a story of heathens uniting to rise against the sanctity of the church. Okay. I wrote down, these guys are so talented at what they do, period. And then I wrote, lyrically, I feel like these guys are just a dark version of Rush. Wow. With their storytelling ability and just getting deep into the band's lore, kind of. Like quickly too, like yeah. you just get into. Oh it. yeah, and I, I I wrote down I'm here for it. I love it. Next up, we have Premonition of Pain. This track feels like a D and D campaign set to music. I love 100%. it. Uh, the vocals are just amazing, and the guitar work is phenomenal. And this is like those th- that back and forth on the harsh vocals and the super high pitched uh, lead vocals fantastic did the boy listen to this at all like were you in the car with the boy listening to this just that just that first 
uh, little and he, taste. He had no interest, or it wasn't that he might have even been sleeping in the car. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, I just feel like this could be like this could be the thing that maybe gets him into harsh vocals a tiny bit. It could be. It, it definitely like, could be. Next time you're playing D and D, you just throw it on. I'd have to have the lyrics ready for him because I yeah. don't know that he would catch. I don't think he'd catch the words. Oh, it's a learned ear. Like you need yeah. to want to, you need to want to understand it and enjoy it to, to understand and enjoy it. Yeah. 100%. So I, I think if I maybe printed off the lyrics or pulled up some lyrics for him to look at while he listened, but then I'd have to like get him to sit down and pay attention. So I don't so know. Maybe just, just put a pin in it. Maybe like this will yeah. be for later. Oh, for sure. Like, cause I think thematically he would be into it. That's what I mean. Like, I know yeah. he's into the, like the fantasy shit too. Y- yeah. You're welcome, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> so I have on here. Premonition of pain is about a soothsayer who alerts his king about four coming dangers, but the king would not listen and is defeated because of his own folly. Yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. This is the, yeah. The fantasy stuff, dude. Like I'm, I'm down. Next up, we have Lord of the Storm. Yep, uh, gotta love a track that starts with a thunderstorm on a ship. I love the storytelling ability of the lyricist. And Lord of the Storm is the second of the Upon the Boiling Sea uh, tracks. So yeah, I love the continuation of like the pirate story and like I this weaving of this one story in and out of this record is fantastic. I love it when you can... When you can do stuff like that, you start a story off on a record, go on to different little mini stories, kind of. This is, dude, this is a D and D campaign in a record because yeah, this happens exactly what kind of dudes these are. Yeah, this happens in playing D and D all the time. Yeah. So you you yeah. have an overarching story, an overarching theme, but in between your main story, you have these little offshoots, these little one shot story games that you play but then you always come back to the main story and that's exactly what this feels like and i get that feeling from it and like i just like yeah i loved it like it just reminds me of playing D and it's fantastic and i knew that would be the part that would get you even if nothing else did but i was pretty oh, sure yeah. you were gonna enjoy this no i'm yeah i'm down like we'll spoil it here uh i'm down for this record 100 percent. like th- yeah the only thing that keeps me from owning this record is that there's no vinyl release for it. Because, and as I've talked to you before, some of the most pivotal albums of my career, they weren't putting vinyl out in that exact window. Yeah, and it's it's such, it's like a crime. I think it, I think at some point everything will be pressed on the vinyl, like it'll happen. I, I don't know so. if the demand is there for that now. It's coming up though. Wickedron. Is the next track, and it says here, Wicketron is about a cyborg created to serve mankind who eventually becomes out of control. The story of the name of the song is as follows. An unnamed band that opened for us wasn't very good, explains Hooper. <laughs> Someone ripped their name off the poster and wrote in Wicketron. I don't know what it means, but it sounded cool and futuristic, so we developed into a space-themed tale of cyborg warfare. Sure. Now, coming out of that, the only thing I could say is... <laughs> In the year 4055, Wicketron came to life. Born of scientific design, swirl of human strength. It had visual intelligence, breath of future war. Galaxies will come to fall to knees. I I love it so much. I just got lightheaded. (laughs) I might pass out. But it's this this track is what made me go. I need to listen to more bands like this That's because awesome. I loved it so much. That's so funny. What were your thoughts on Wicketron and not my uh, rendition? Right. Uh, I wrote down this is a crazy thematic jump uh, from pirates and tyrant kings to artificial intelligence taking over the world. It kind of yeah. reminds me of the song Psychotron by Megadeth. Not familiar. Kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. Okay. And this track feels a bit out of place on the record, but only because of the the thematic jump. It's not bad. It just doesn't feel right here. But that's that again, that's just the storytelling 
uh, of the record. Like music, musically, it's fantastic. Um, as you demonstrated, the vocals, I the vocals are now. great. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it just uh, the the story just felt a bit out of place. But it it's still it, a great it opens track. up like. You, you're you're imagining a world in which everything is medieval and ancient. Well, and yeah, you're coming off the second track out. of the pirate story, right? Yeah. And, and then, then this starts out within the year four thousand fifty-five. Well, not only that, lyrically, musically, it sounds more spacey. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, you're coming off of a pirate ship, and I think this is the song where at the end they get stranded on a on an island. I think at the end of Lord of the Storm, they get stranded on an island. And then you go to, yeah, Cyborg's taking over. So yeah, a little out of place, but still it's still a great song. Next up, we have Swordmaster, and it says, it is about the revenge of a knight. That's all it says. Yep, that that's what it is. And uh, I wrote down, what a killer guitar solo. It totally rips. The guitars really stand out on this track. Now, the guitars really stand out on every track of this record because they make sure to put them front and center. Bro, it's just riffs all in your face throughout the entire record. Uh, but on this one, the solo really like amazed me. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I love it's to hear it. Super good. 2004. This came out in 04. It's so crazy. It's so, so crazy. Weird. Yeah. From a band that originated five years earlier. Right. So wild. Based off of based off of bands that came out thirty years before them, <laughs> yeah, hundred yes, yeah. yes. Next up, we have Axes of Evil. Yes, I feel like these dudes should do a tour with Throne of Iron. Now, I, I know I told you about them before. I don't know if you listen to their record. I have not, but I know you're heavily involved in them. Yeah, you heard my initial mission statement about them, though. That is the sad part, right? That I said Three Inches of Blood was yeah. a Canadian heavy metal band. Yeah, I caught that, uh, which is a bummer because I'd really love to see both these bands together. But Throne of Iron is another D&D influenced metal band that mm-hmm. another riff fest band that just rip your face off and um, yeah. just guitars prevalent. This is another heavy D&D themed track. I'm a big fan of Possessed Weaponry when I play TNT, uh, and I love that they use the word fjord in the lyrics yes. that is not yes. something you hear very often at all but fjord is one of those one of those words that is fantastic it says here axes of evil is based on human greed in the words of hooper people with good intentions once given the power sometimes don't know what to do with it and that's where this one is coming from similarities can also be drawn to the human storyline of the game warcraft 3 which Pipes has commented as having influenced the song. I've never played Warcraft 3, so I don't have Me a... neither. So then next up, we have Crazy Knights. Yep. This track kind of makes me think of Steel Panther again. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just kind of the over-the-top, uh, none can match the metal. This record, this track is fun, and this record is fantastic. I'm having a great time. Crazy Nights was written by vocalist Cam Pipes about a good time the band had in London where they got into a bar fight in New Cross. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this track is about. Like, mm-hmm. th- that's exactly what I thought. Next up is Destroy the Orcs. Always kill, slay, and destroy the Orcs. It's a rule. I mm-hmm. uh, love the storytelling. Love the fantasy. Super quick track compared to all the rest of the tracks. I felt like this one could have gone a bit longer considering the theme. Destroy the Orcs was inspired by the work of J.R.R. Tolkien and yeah. also about revenge. 100%. I feel like th- this could have been another one where they, not like a, not necessarily a full record, but they could have done the same thing with Destroy the Orcs that they did upon the Boiling Sea, mm-hmm. where they weave it into a, another couple tracks of stories. Uh, and I would have been totally cool with that. Yeah, I, I love Destroy the Orcs. That's another big one for me. I, I, I If I didn't already have a headache, I would try to do some vocals <laughs> for it. But, but no. <laughs> next up, we have the Phantom of the Crimson Cloak. And it is about a creature that feeds on human flesh and hunts and kills anyone who crosses its path in the night. Yeah, the lack of rhyme scheme on this track kind of bummed me out. Because okay. they had gotten me so into 
kind of a set rhyme scheme with every track previous to this. So when that first verse comes in and he's not rhyming at all, I was kind of like, okay, it's cool. We'll get into the chorus and then it'll be rhyme fest. But even in the chorus, there wasn't much. But it's another great fantasy storyline and amazing guitar work, especially the dual guitar solos toward the end. And I think at this point, I think was where I started to be like, I need to pause on the vocals, give myself a little like palate cleanser. Yeah. And then come back in because it's right around this point that we're like 47 minutes into the record. And I'm kind of yeah, like, dealt, you've dealt, okay. Cam Pipes has been screaming in your ear for, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I still love it. I think it's still a great track. Last up, the album closer and the closer of the Upon the Boiling Seas of this album. Right. We have Isle of Eternal Despair. I love the continuation of the pirate storyline. I feel like they tricked me by using at least some sort of rhyme schemes on the earlier tracks and then completely abandoning them at the end of the record. Still rips and is still a ton of fun. So top three. Top three. Number three, Premonition of Pain. It's just one of those D&D themed tracks that really, that really got me. I, I loved it. Uh, number two, Axes of Evil, another big D&D thing. Possessed weaponry is, is mm-hmm. a big thing for me in my D&D campaign. The, the character I'm currently playing is, uh, yeah, I have demonic armor and a sword that talks to me in my head. Yeah, it's pretty sick. So that's that's fun. I love it. And then number one is Deadly Sinners, uh, just because it's it's a great track. And then... Having it surprise me like that in the car with with Emily and Lucas was just so fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Deadly Sinners is actually my three. Number two is Destroy the Orcs. I fucking love that track. Yeah, it's so good. That's such a good track. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that Wickatron is my favorite track off of this record. I you know what? Coming from Bowie and all the space stuff you loved about Bowie. I kind of felt like you were really going to dig Wigatron on this one, too. That makes sense. That that definitely makes sense. So, Scott, uh, Three Inches of Blood, Throne, Own, Phone, or Grown. And we already knocked out Own because you can't do it yet. It would be. If it ever gets pressed on vinyl, I'll be there for picking it up. Like, it it would be on, you know, on my list to grab right away. Uh, because, Because I can't. It's definitely a phone record from the cover art to the storylines to the musicality. Uh, yeah, this record is great. It's 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 really great. So then just a little cleanup here. The band last consisted of Cam Pipes, Justin Hagberg, Shane Clark and Ash Pearson, none of whom were original members of the band. Oh, wow. OK. After they released uh, Advance and Vanquish, they went on to release Fire Up the Blades in 07. Trial of Champions, which was an EP in 07. Here Waits Thy Doom in 09. Long Live Heavy Metal in 2012. And they all got pretty good reviews, if we're being honest. Okay. So the rest of their records, do they follow the same kind of fantasy themes and stuff? Yeah, it's all it's all fantasy. I that's mean, it. Scott, one of the records is called Fire Up the Blades. Right, that's why I'm asking, because... The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of down. I might dive deeper into this band for sure. I, I think Advance and Vanquish is the only one currently not available on vinyl. I think you is can that get right? like I think you can get Here Waits I Doom, Fire Up the Blades. I don't know about the last one they did in twenty twelve. Okay. But because I know I'm I'm I have them watched on Discogs. That's the only reason I oh, gotcha. Them. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that because uh I had a lot of fun on this record. Yeah, and it looks like they broke up in twenty fifteen. So uh it was a phone for you. What else were you listening to this week? I really got into the new Dan Andriano and the Bygones record. Uh, I don't even know who that is. D- you do. You just might not know his name. Uh, he is okay. the bassist and second singer for Alkaline Trio. Oh, I definitely did not know his name. He has, I. Th- this is his third kind of solo album. Okay. Uh, it just came out like last month or something. I finally got it and it's not alkaline trio at all as far as as lyrically or anything like that musically it's a little more rock and roll than 
punk rock or I, I kind of use punk rock loosely when you talk about Alkaline Trio as well. But I love his songwriting, like his his lyrics. And at first, I didn't really dig the title track. But when placed in the record, I think it I, it grew on me a lot more. The title of the the title of the record is Dear Darkness. He still has a little bit of the horror theme, but not okay. really horror. Just kind of like the the dark side of feelings, I guess, in the record. But yeah, this is uh, his third kind of record that's side projecty. Even though Alkaline Trio, I don't even know if they're doing anything. Yeah, I don't think currently. so. Um, Matt's a little bit busy with Blink, but yeah. Um, yeah, I you know what? Even in Alkaline Trio, I think I like Dan's stuff better than Matt's anyway. So yeah, this this stuff is great. It's a great record. Yeah, what were you listening to? I was listening to an album that had its 20th anniversary recently. Oh wow! Okay, and. I may have sent it to you, actually. It is Cameron's Come Home With Me. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, tell me I think it, if you knock two two tracks off it, it's a perfect record. There's oh, there's wow. a track that's like entirely about venereal disease, which Ooh, that's not necessary. If you think of an O2, like, you know, you, you can just imagine where that's coming from. <laughs> and then there's a track entirely about uh, like sluts. And it's just like, OK, mm. OK. Very but, much I mean, like a... That one track off of uh, Stove God's record. Uh, kind of, kind of, not really, because it's more like Stove God's. At least Stove God wasn't super degrading. Like oh, he was sure. more, yeah, yeah. Like this one's like slut's bad. Like you're bad. Like mm. you're a slut. Your wife's a slut. It's just like okay, yeah, right. we don't need that. It's just, but it's of the time. But the rest of the record, there's probably three tracks on here that are giant tracks. I didn't know they were all in the same thing. If I'm being honest. Mm. I might not even have known they were all Cameron. Oh, because they were like that big of tracks that I just thought they were different, different people. Um, the the song "Oh Boy" with Joel Santana. I know you you would you would know that if you heard it. Sure. Uh, hey Hey Ma, I know you know Hey Ma. It's like Hey Ma, you smoke, me too, and we gonna get it oh, on tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. And then I think I just want is another one, and then maybe Boy Boy. I don't know, but there's yeah. The, if you you cut out two of those two tracks off this because it's. It's 15 tracks, Oof. like an hour nine. Sure. Yeah. So you cut those two, the one about VD and the one about sluts. And it's it's a perfect album. It's so good. Like to the point where now I'm bummed out. I didn't get the 20th anniversary pressing that came out like mm. two weeks ago, but I might find it eventually. Yeah. But that was my record of the week. I've been pulling some old shit out, I guess, to for my records of the week. That's fun. So all that's left is for you to tell me what I'm listening to for next week. So for next week. In honor of the 24 years we've waited for a follow-up, I'm giving to you the debut album of Black Star. Most Def okay. and Talib Kweli are Black Star. And I think I'm more familiar with Talib Kweli than I am Most Def, which is weird. I mean, okay. I think I know Most Def more as an actor. Sure, yeah. He he had some pretty big parts in some movies. Uh, I've rec- I recently listened to the Talib Kweli album... Mm, vomiting rainbows or chasing rainbows chasing or something rainbows. like that. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. Yeah. And then I, I did listen to, which would have been a good episode to do, but it was like kind of the prototype of this podcast. You told me to listen to that most F record black on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that was the first time I listened to that when you told me to listen to that. And that was something it's long. Uh, gutter it's, rainbows. It's real long. Gutter rainbows is the name of that quality record. So it was in between, it was in between vomit and, and chasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Black and Both Sides is a super long record, but I'm a big fan of it. Well, I'm excited to listen to that. So next week, Black Star, Most Def yeah. and Tal- Most Def and Talib Kweli are Black Star. Yep. Three Inches of Blood, Advance and Vanquish was a phone for you, but an own if it's ever pressed. Yeah, if it's ever pressed, I'll I'll grab it up for sure. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AWALPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, listen to us anywhere. Podcasts are available. And tell your neighbor about us, but like not in person. Like put one of the, like <laughs> put a can connected to like string and a can into their window, like sneak it in there and For then sure. just talk into it and tell them about us. Because the more weird you tell them, the more it'll stick in their head. <laughs> right. Thank you for bringing this one to me. Absolutely. It I'm was excited. great. I'm I love that I can still surprise you with some shit here. Yeah. There. That's always fun. <laughs> That's what I love about 
b- about this because really mm-hmm. this is just us giving each other music new music to listen to that we've yeah. put on a platform for other people to listen to but i mean mm-hmm. we've been doing this for years and uh not the podcast obviously but giving each other music to listen to and it's it's just so much fun agreed thank you for the episode thank you for the yeah. friendship thank you um listeners thank you for listening to to the podcast as well as the albums or maybe not maybe you just tune in to listen to us and either yeah. way we and appreciate it thank if, you if you ever want to listen to the records we talk about i put a link up in, on the twitter and on the facebook group for you to listen to them before the episode comes out so if you're ever interested go to either of those uh those social media platforms check them out i usually post it either monday or tuesday before the episode comes out you can listen and then hear us talk about that record uh the next day usually and then you can whisper in your tin can phone (laughs) are you listening are you listening shut up alexa Petey Pond, motherfucker. Everything sounds much more fun in falsetto, I think. Flip, 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 flip. Game over. Flip, flip. But they don't hear me.